Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Sylvia F., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Northern California. Today is Wednesday, (laughs) July 12th, 2017. And I'm a, and um, today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 66, last paragraph. And we're going to read three paragraphs. Today's readers are Carol M. on the 12 Steps, Rocky I. on the 12 Traditions, and our readers are Jackie B., Sherry K.B., and Penny L.C. The reference number for uh, yesterday, Tuesday, July 11th at 10 a.m., Eastern time is 10140, 10140. And the share ID today for Wednesday, July 12th at the 7 a.m. meeting Eastern time, the share ID is 10142, 10142. Our preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We're self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors, and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Carol M. to read the 12 steps. Carol? Good morning. This is Carol M. from Indiana. I'm so glad to be on the line this morning. Thank you for for everyone's service. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves, five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs, six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character, seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings, eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all, nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Carol M. I will now ask Rocky I to read the 12 traditions. Rocky? Okay, can I record? Yes. Okay, good morning. This is Rocky, recovered in Tempe, Arizona. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on, upon OA unity. Two, 
For our group purpose, there is one, there is that one ultimate authority, a loving God as he might express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, for each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups, OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the alcoholic, to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group are never endorsed, financed, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems with money, property, and prestige divert us from our, our, from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, alcoholics, uh, overeaters anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ a special workers. Nine, OA as such are never be organized, so we may create service boards and committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, overeaters anonymous have no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA names are never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and film. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Into that, I'll pass. Thank you, Rocky I. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. And I have some people unmuted. If you could mute, that would be great. And when you're sharing, uh, please don't use a speakerphone. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. Uh, To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 66. It's the fourth and last paragraph, which we are going to read for context. Then we are going to go ahead and read the next two paragraphs on page 67, the first and second paragraphs, and that's what we're going to share on. And I will now ask Jackie B. to begin reading. Jackie? Star one, Jackie. Hi, I'm Jackie B. from the Bronx. Can I be heard? Yes, Jackie, thank you. Thank you. Hi, I'm Jackie B. from the Bronx. Uh, okay, here we go. Uh, we, oh, this, was, this was our course. We realized that the people who wronged us were perhaps spiritually sick. Though we did not like their symptoms and they were and the way 
these disturbed us, they liked our they like ourselves were sick too. We ask God to help us show them the same tolerance, pity, and patience that we would cheerfully grant a sick friend. When a person offended, we said to ourselves, this is a sick man. How can I help? How can I be helpful to him? God, save me from being angry. Thy will be done. We avoided our retaliation or argument. We wouldn't treat a sick we wouldn't treat sick people that way. If we do, we destroy our chances of being helpful. We cannot be helpful to all people, but at least God will show us how to take a to take a kindly and tolerant view of each and every one. Referring referring to our list again, put, putting out putting out of our minds the wrongs and of others, someone's unmuted please, had done, we resolute looking for our own mistakes. Whether where had we been selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and frightened. Though a situation had not been entirely our fault, we tried to dis- discard. We start. We we tried to disregard the other person's involvement entirely. Were we to blame the? Inventory was ours, not the other person's. When we saw our faults, we listed them, we placed them before us in black and white. We admitted our wrongs honestly and were willing to set these matters straight. Okay, sorry, that was kind of long and kind of... uh, Quirky. Uh, hi, I'm Jackie. I'm a compulsive overeater, and uh, I thank you for this service. Okay, I can still be heard, correct? Yes. Okay, great. Um, this is an excellent, uh, excellent thing. Um, uh, can you time me, please? Yes, I've got you timed. Okay, great. Um, you know. I thought for years that it was always someone else's fault, that anything that went wrong is because of what they did to me. Um, it's, I, I was just a victim, you know. I didn't think I could ever um, love uh, my father or uh, because of the inappropriate uh, behavior of his I didn't think um, I could, um, I always took my husband's inventory. This is what he's not doing. This is what he should be doing. He's in recovery, but why does he doesn't know these things? Um, why was my daughter not doing what she's supposed to do? It was always somebody else's 
um, actions that caused me to be the victim. When I did my steps and I started to do the fourth step and realized what my part was, it's because I was looking for them to fix me by their actions. But what did I do? Uh, I, I put myself in the line of fire. I uh, lied. I manipulated trying to get them to do exactly what I wanted them to do. And that did not work. Um, I now realize after I did my fourth step that I had to change. I had to look at them as sick and suffering. Jackie, star one, we've lost you. Star one. We'll give Jackie another second. Okay, so Jackie's call has dropped. So we're going to go ahead and I'm going to take a list of readers. I'm, I'm sure Jackie will come back on at some point. But let me get a list of people who would like to share. And let's start now. Bonnie M. Laura Hodge. Uh, Bonnie M., I think. Laura Hodge. Rod G. Sima M. Rod G. Terry H. Sima. Terry. I'll take one more. Do I have one more? Judith W. Okay, Judith, I've got... I've got Judith, and I'm going to stop there, and I'm, we'll take the next list in a minute. So I've got Bonnie. A lot of you are going to have to give me your uh, last first initial of your last name because I was writing quickly, but I've got Bonnie, Lori, Roz, Sima, Terry H., and Judith. And so as you come on, please identify yourself with your uh, first initial of your last name. So I've got Bonnie, then Laura. Hi, I'm Bonnie M., like in Mary. Thank you, Bonnie. Go ahead. Um, yeah, um, unlike the person that was just reading this, um, I was the kind of person that believed when anybody got on my case, it was my fault. And, um, it, it took me a while to let go of that. And I think the thing that did it was, um, I used to, because I was told that, um, not everything is my fault, and I was taught that not everything was my fault and that I had a part in it, and I didn't need to take responsibility for other people. And what I used to do is I used to, when I, somebody would get on my case, I used to imagine that there was a mirror in front of me looking at them, and I'd say to myself, just to protect myself, this has more to do with them than it does me. This has more to do with them than it does me. And uh, it kept me from retaliating and, uh, and making myself feel worse for, you know, for being a jerk. And then I could step back and I could, when it was all over, I could step back and I could take a look at what they said to me and take, re- and take a look at what felt like it was right and what was the truth. And, and then I could do this. I could um, pray for them, pray for myself, check out what the loving response was, and apologize where needed. 
And um, that was pretty much how I had to work this. I am so, and I think a phrase that I heard once and was that healthy people take care of themselves first and they take care of other people. And in a sick state, I couldn't take, I couldn't do that. And I had to really um, protect myself because I had a tendency to put myself in with people you know that like like the way I grew up and like the way I grew up I mean I was blamed for a lot so um this book has been a real gift and moving me um into a much much healthier place and for that I am very grateful and that's my experience for today and I pass thank you Bonnie M Lori followed by Raj G Lori if you could give me your first initial of your last name Hi, this is Laura H. Can you hear me? Laura H. Yes, Laura H. Thank you. Go ahead. Hi, hi. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for being on the line. And uh, this is very powerful uh, section of the big book. And I just, what's resonating with me today is how the fourth step, it really takes courage. Um, I'm meeting with one of my sponsees today to write her fourth step. And, uh, you know, you're, it's holding up that mirror. And being able to make a self-examination and recognizing, at least for me, you know, that there's a lot of guilt and shame in my heart when I'm sick. And then when I first did my four-step, I felt, oh, man, let me write. I was like writing my long list of resentments, you know, my first sponsor had to like really point out, okay, gently and encouragingly, well, what was your side of it? And it was hard for me to see. Um, But at least in, on page 67, but at least God will show us how to take a kindly and tolerant view of each and every one. And I find now I'm in program three years, my body has been released of 122 pounds, and I find myself with a text this morning at 1.43 a.m. that my new fella friend has broken up with me. And I'm like thinking to myself, what did I do? What's my side of the street? And you know, it's a beautiful thing being in program. It still hurts. You know, it does hurt. But I have program. I call my sponsor and, you know, I can process these feelings and I can understand and put myself in this person's position. And yeah, I have to ask questions. What's my side of it? What's my part of it? Was I being stubborn? Was I being um, distant because I suck at relationships. I mean, I've learned this in my program. I suck, um, and it, it's it's uncovering the truth, and it's uncomfortable, and it's hurtful, and it's it makes me sad. I don't ever want to be a person who's going into the dark tunnel of isolation anymore. That that really hurt me, and so and I love how it goes on to say, where had we been selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and frightened? Um, I'm tired of living in fear. Life is too precious. Um, this, the food helped me hide a lot, and the food helped me to medicate and to numb out. But I know now from working my steps and working with others that that is not what my higher power, which is God, intends for my life, to be in this dark tunnel of addiction. So I'm very grateful to be on these lines. I'm very grateful for all of you, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Laura H. Rise G, followed by Simmer. Uh, hi, I'm Jackie B. I want to apologize. 
Yes. Yes, Jackie. Um, uh, thank you for, so much for your service. And if you want to get back on the list, we can put you on the next one. I'll put you at the top if you want to share. Okay, Raj G, followed by Sima. Good morning. This is Roz G, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Los Angeles County. And I've heard most of the shares this morning from both meetings. And uh, I just wanted to, to say, you know, that for me, in, in my, my share, my take on things is that I need to turn off my car. Okay, thank you. Okay. Uh, I came, admittedly, I came into Overeaters Anonymous to lose weight. I didn't like my body, and I wanted to lose 50 pounds. Every year, my New Year's goal was to weigh 50 pounds. I didn't have an action plan, but it was to lose 50 pounds. It was a fantasy. And then I got into the diets like all of us have, library books. Um, powders and pills, and I'd lose some weight and I'd gain it back. And all the while, through those years, my resentments were getting deeper, dug deeper. I don't, I'm not going to say getting on a higher plane. They were getting in a deeper plane. I was digging a hole of anger, jealousy, rage, and eating. I had no idea that praying for somebody who pissed me off and looking at my side of the street and making amends for those behaviors and living an other-centered life was going to put me into a normal-sized body. And today, yes, I realize that sin is not always healthy and that being thin is no longer my goal. Okay, yes, I do live in a good, nice, um, normal-sized body, and I have body image issues, so usually it's never enough, which I'm praying and asking God to just let it be enough. But, I mean, look what I need to do to to live a sane, normal, healthy body size and and mind and have relationships with people. I I have to do steps. And which includes four and five. And, you know, just the other day, I'll, I'll, I'll end my share with saying, just the other day, my son cussed at me, my 20-year-old son, and it hurt. But I used the tools in this program to pray for him, to wait a few days, and not to condone, but to forgive him and to have a nice long talk with him last night and look at my side. I, I provoked him in a way. So... I had to apologize for that, and we went on our merry little way, and I didn't have to eat over it. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Rashi. Sima, followed by Terry H. Sima. Hi, this is Sima. Did you call me? Yes, I did. Hi. Uh, Sima M., grateful, compulsive overeater, living in recovery, one day at a time. Uh, I uh, came to this program 42 years ago. I didn't come in to lose weight because I had already lost weight. I came in because I was insane, and the therapist that I was seeing at the time when I told her I knew that I was about to gain back all the weight told me about OA, and I ran to the meeting. Uh, In my third meeting, I was very fortunate to hear somebody who had been in AA many years 
it was a ninth step meeting and explained the the promises of the ninth step and from that moment on I wanted to do whatever it took. And I did work these steps and I did get a certain percentage of sanity. I did pray for other people. I was relieved of resentments. But what I did have is a lot of emotional and mental illness, which I wasn't aware of at the time. So I forgive myself for not staying recovered from 42 years ago, but I um, I also realized that we didn't have people like a vision for you. There weren't a lot of people to talk to that had been through the process. And um, I didn't understand, I did the columns, but I didn't understand this one until Somebody pointed out today, I was wondering where the fifth column that's on our forms comes from, and now I heard it today that it comes from these paragraphs, uh, the the turnaround paragraphs. And um, because I had so many emotional problems buried so deeply, I wasn't able to see my side of it. So um, for today, I was out of OA, OA meetings for a while, but for today I came back four years ago, and luckily I heard about a vision for you four months after that. And I've been uh, a devoted listener since then and because um, I want, wanted what the people on the line had. I want to feel recovered. And um, so half measures availed me nothing, but even though I didn't realize I was doing half measures. Um, but uh, I don't regret the past, nor wish to shut the door on it. So I'm grateful to be sharing on the line with you today and grateful to be listening to everyone else. I'm grateful to be shaking my head. Yes, I get it. I understand. This is wonderful. Uh, I don't have to live in the misery that I came in with 42 years ago. And although I'm 65 years old today, I've never felt better in my life, mentally or emotionally or physically. And for that, I have this program to be grateful for. And I hope to keep living it along with you one day at a time. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Sina. I have Terry H. followed by Judith. Terry. Hi everyone. My name is Terry H., a recovered compulsive overeater in the, in North Carolina. Very grateful today. Beautiful day. Um, we resolutely look for our own mistakes. You know, all my life, the resentments that I listed on my four-step inventory have impacted me in many ways. Um, I lived in fear and shame most of my life, and um, I was not able to deal with life on life's terms. Um, I used food and food behaviors to help me cope. And it worked for a while until they began to kill me slowly. Um, I was so grateful when I came into OA and, and learned about uh, recovery through the 12 steps in the big book and all the things that my sponsor had shared with me. You know, I was, after... Um, completing steps one, two, and three, you know, I really wholeheartedly um, took those steps um, and really connected to God. And I really brought that into the step four inventory. You know, I don't think I could ever have been able to do this inventory, resentment inventory, if I didn't do, if I knew I was powerless, if I didn't know I was powerless. And then I came to believe that a power greater than myself would restore me to sanity. And then, you know, surrendering uh, my will and my life over to my higher power brought me to step four. 
you know, it was difficult to work on my selfishness, my fears, my dishonesty, and my self-seeking behaviors um, without, without going back to my resentments and the things that other people had done to me. You know, um, it, was, it, was, it was challenging, but I just kept on. I kept looking at myself. You know, I didn't understand what those terms meant, and I had to ask on my sponsor for a lot of examples. Because I lived as a victim. I lived in fear and shame as a victim. I wasn't really looking at my behaviors and my role throughout my life. I was just running away and surviving. That's, that's all I was trying to do. And so now I was able to look at my piece. And I didn't want any blocks. I didn't want any blocks or anything between me and my higher power um, because I couldn't afford it. I wanted a close connection. I needed all the help from my higher power I possibly could, could get. So when I, when I finished that fourth column, you know, I learned to put words to my behaviors. Um, I'm not very good with words, but I really worked hard in putting words to my behaviors in all four of those different categories with the help of my sponsor. And my sponsor helped me to see patterns of my part. And, you know, I, when I finished the list, I looked at it. I held it up and looked at it and said, wow, you know, wow. And I was willing to move on to the next step. You know, I could agree, you know, what, what I wrote because I wrote those things in my own handwriting. And it was in black and white for me to see. And I, I could agree with them. And I was willing to continue and to move on. I'm very grateful for that. You know, the third step says, relieve me of my bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Today, that is my goal in recovery, to better do thy will each and every day and to be of maximum service. And I'm so grateful for that opportunity. And thanks, I pass. Thank you, Terry. Uh, we have Judith now, and then we will reopen for um, shares. Judith. Hi, this is Judith, just outside London in the UK. Can you hear me? Yes, and what's the first initial of your last name? W, Judith Wilson. Okay, thank you. Go ahead. Thanks. Um, and, and thanks uh, for the share. That was really helpful and everybody who has shared and for your service. Um, have I admitted my wrongs honestly and I'm willing to set these matters straight? This word honestly was really important. Um, I find it useful to go through the steps every couple of years um, to get more honest and closer to a power. And, um, you know, what it's taken us through in the steps you know, and step four is so critical. Uh, first, it's asking us who we resent, why we resent them. And then, you know, we have to look at seven parts of ourselves. We have to really go in and really take a look at how has it affected me uh, through my self-esteem, pride, ambition, security, relations, and pocketbook. And, um, and here we are now. It's saying, okay, so now the big word is this is our course. Have we realized that we, um, you know, people have wronged us? Perhaps, perhaps were spiritually sick, like myself. And that was a really critical thing this last time around in steps because what it gave me was a brand new way to understand, have I ever done what I'm accusing other people of? Have I ever done it to them or anybody? Have I been spiritually sick in that way? Um, so, you know, because it says, you know, maybe they're like me, you know? So maybe I'm like them. For instance, I used to resent my sister Melanie and her, her husband. Why? Because they act superior to me. They are too sarcastic, you know, and they put my family down. Well, you know, let's take a look then in the realization. Have I, have I ever 
acted superior to anyone, including them? Have I ever put them down? Have I been sarcastic? Do I not approve of them or others? Do I not care about others? All the things that I accused them of. This was like a big revelation for me. Like every single part, you know, like 26 resentments, the last one around, 26 resentments. And I had to look at every single one. I had to go through realization before I then start to look at, right, now I'm going to put them aside because I can now have a look at my selfish actions in my self-seeking behavior and my selfish attitude, what I think that drives my behavior in my selfishness and my delusions that you know, cause me to be dishonest. What am I making up about this story? And then look at the fear, the afraid. Where am I so afraid that it drives my delusion to make me act think in a selfish way that makes me act in a very self-seeking way. No wonder I have battles with people. <laughs> and I was a pretty middle-of-the-road kind of person, being a middle-of-the-chump middle child. Uh, but I, this is this powerful, powerful stuff in this fourth step that gives us a real thing in order for us to admit honestly. And for me, sometimes it just was like blew my mind how clear that was, how clear it is that I act just like them. And this completely took away my anger. And they say, do that realization over and over, the third step, and the, I mean the third column and the fourth column, until it becomes neutral. Thanks, Pat. Thank you, Judith Debbie. So we are commenting today on page 67. It's the first and second paragraphs, and I'll take a list. Yeah, Stephanie L. Sherry KB. Okay. I've got uh, I've got Stephanie. I've got Leah. I have um, I'm sorry, I missed I, I think I heard Sherry KB. Yes. So I got Leah. I've got Leah, Stephanie, Sherry KB, uh, Ginger, and I heard Courtney B. Okay, Courtney. I can take one more. Reggie. And Jackie B. Okay, I've got uh, Reggie. And uh, Jackie, I, I think we'll have time for you. I'm going to put you right at the end, okay? So, okay. Uh, I've got Liat, Stephanie, Sherry, KB, Ginger, Courtney, Reggie, and Jackie. And Liat, if you could start us. Sure. Good morning, everyone. Liat, D. Recovered, compulsive overeater from California. Thank you for your service. Thank you for the beautiful chairs. Um, when I went around uh, the first time through the steps or the columns of the way the big book instructed, instruct, I, I couldn't wait because I had this loving, sweet sponsor and I couldn't wait to tell her. I love the first three columns. Him, what he did to me, she, what she did to me, and the horrible things that happened to me. Oh my gosh, as a child, incest and sexual abuse and physical all the abuse that I was sharing for years in no way. And and then how it affected me. Oh my gosh. So you know, and I really I couldn't wait for her to hear it and you know, maybe she'll be the one who feels sorry enough for me to to comfort me. And then she could focus you know, she said, Okay, what's your part? You know, they did that, he did that. Uh and I said, I was just a little girl. And she said, no, this happened 40 years ago. You have not forgiven 
you have not realized that there were sick people, and that's the best that they could do, and you keep holding on to it. It's not happening to you for you now. It's done. It's over. When are you going to start living your life? And, and it kept going. And the first few ones, I cried, and it was so, you know, like deep wound that I looked at, old wound. But then the focus shifted to you. What, you know, what are you going to do? How long are you going to carry this around? And it was such a transformation. I mean, I was really blown out of my mind. And today when I, when I have um, people that come to me and they respond season, I see the same feeling like, oh, this is going to be really hard and I have a lot of pain to share and stuff. I am so excited for them because I know what they're going to experience after, hopefully. <laughs> they're going to experience freedom from the lie that they've been telling themselves all those years that this is their problem, that those people are their problem. And the truth is that my holding on to, not forgiving, not understanding, wanting to change, I, I want to change dead people. They did something to me, they're already in the grave. I want to change them, <laughs> you know. So uh, ha- having that format works for someone like me because I, you know, I was talking to, you know, there is this, game called would you rather would you rather jump from and kill yourself by jumping from a a, a skyscraper or shooting yourself in the head and both are hard you're going to die both you know but you know you choose one thing it's both ways are hard changing others is trying to change others is impossible but at least there is a way here that i can change me and my life and my the way i look at things and have freedom. I love you all. Uh, I'm past. Thank you. Thank you, Liatiti. And Stephanie, you're next to give me the uh, first initial of the last name. Absolutely. Thank you. Hi. Good morning, everyone. This is Stephanie L., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Southern California. And so grateful to be on this line this morning because I need to hear what we read. Um, you know, when I before I got here, I was a victim. Um, I was an open wound, a sore, um, you know, p- pissed off at people. If your life was like mine, if your mother was like my mother, if your kids did what my kids did, you know, it was all about me being a victim and a martyr. And it wasn't until I did my first fourth step, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm writing, I'm doing my first column. Oh God, I'm going to get all this out. All these people who have, who have wronged me that I'm resentful at the second column, wow, look what they did to me. Um, Then I had to look at the third column and the fourth column and my part. And I got to tell you that when I started honestly and not, you know, morbid self-reflection, okay, putting all of that aside, when I started to honestly look at what my part was, it was really interesting because in most of my resentments, not in all of them, but in most of them, I had a part, whether it was my expectations, whether it was, um, you know, I, you know, this, this thing that I expected perfection from myself, so I expect it from everyone else, that I expected you to be a mind reader and know what my needs were, that I expected to be treated with the respect that I deserved, yada, yada, yada. When I looked at my part, I became free of being that victim, of being that that victim that, you know, I can't control what other people do. I can't control what other people do, say, think. 
I have no control over that. But what I do have control over is my own actions. So it transformed me, and this program is so transformational. It transformed me from a victim to a woman who could release guilt, shame, you know, all of those secrets, the things that I carried around with me all my life that I would never say out loud, the the shroud that, you know, I hid behind, the smile I hid behind because God help me if you knew that I wasn't perfect or if you knew that, you know, I was scared or insecure, you know, I could come out from underneath all of that, trust a God, a powerful God who, you know, has relieved me from this hopeless state of body and mind to work in these steps. I, I could become what I believe is a woman that, you know, my higher power intended me to be. And, you know, it's an ongoing process. Oh, and, and, you know, I spent most of my life blaming my mother for all my problems. And through doing my first fourth step, I could see my part in that resentment. I could forgive my mother. And I could see my mother as, you know, she did the best she could. She was sick, just like me. You know, my husband pissed me off, pisses me off. I can say that prayer and say, God, save me from being angry. You know, help me see my husband the way you see my husband. You know, thy will not mine be done, and then go find someone to help. And, and you know, this freedom that I get from releasing that resentment and seeing, seeing my part in releasing that resentment, that freedom enables me, you know, to live a life um, of progress, clearly, not perfection, um, one day at a time, you know, to become closer to my higher power because when I'm filled with resentments and I'm filled with self-pity and I'm an oozing wound walking around, I can't connect with a higher power. Hell, I can't connect with anyone. You know, my only solution is to eat, to make my brain shut off because I can't stand being alone with me, you know, and I don't have to live like that today. And that's a direct result of working you know, the steps in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and connecting with the power greater than myself. And I'm so very grateful for that. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Stephanie L. Sherry KB, followed by Ginger C. Everybody, good morning. Sylvia, Sherry KB, Northern California, Grateful Recovery Compulsive Reader. Thank you for your service and, and welcome to any newcomers on the line also. Um, Wow, so here we are, at the, I call it the invisible column. <laughs> um, and, you know, for me it was invisible because I never, when all, so many four steps I did, I never really looked at my part. I wrote a story, but I never really looked at my part. And here, you know, all through this book we were being given precise directions and guides what to do. And here we are at step four, and it's helping me to see, to look at, you know, the harms I've caused others and myself um so when it says putting our minds of the wrongs others had done we resolutely look at our own mistakes and where he had been selfish dishonest self-seeking and frightened and you know when i first looked at those words i hated those words and it, it just brought up every moral thought in my and you know uh, all these words and so when somebody helped me to see what selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and frightened was, it made it a lot easier for me to do this work for me. Um, and also just a reminder that, you know, we had to look at a situation even though it wasn't entirely my fault. Um, 
And I was like, where was I to blame? I had to look at that. I had to look not at what the other man's inventory was, but of my own. And um, and, a, and and I also had to write it down in black and white. Um, for me, bringing it from the head to the hand to the pen to the paper really took it all out of my head. And then if I wanted to put it on computer, I did. Um, but I felt like that my higher power was with me and I just kept asking myself, how free did I want to be? I asked myself, do I want to stay in my self-imposed prison? Um, do I want to get unblocked? And also not only get unblocked, but um, get unbroken. Because, uh, you know, I was definitely a broken person. And um, so for me, I just kept putting those words. I wrote, them, I wrote the word selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, frightened um, on one page and blown up. Uh, what they meant to me and what it meant to me was selfish for me was the script I had going on in my head about what how something should have been my dishonesty was the lies I told myself or told you and I wasn't I wasn't trusting my higher power and my self-seeking was you know wanting you to um, make me feel like I was enough or good enough and um, wanted validation or um, acceptance and the frightened was not feeling um good enough, not feeling feeling worried of abandonment, rejection, but also frightened was not relying on my higher power. Um, and this really opened me up and changed something in me that has just been phenomenal. And this is a skill set that I've learned that I will be using for the rest of my life. And with that, I pass. And thank you, God. Thank you, Sherry KB. I have Ginger C., then Courtney. I have five minutes, so if you could keep it to two and a half each that would be great but whatever you want to do ginger hi good morning this is ginger c recovered in colorado thank you for your service everyone on the line today and thank god for this book you know this is my manual for living and yesterday morning i i woke up with a lot of fear and you know my directions are pretty clear when i'm disturbed i do something about it i follow these directions so i talked to someone and then I was able to talk to my sponsor and go through uh, what we're doing right here. Where am I selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and afraid? Because I lack power, and anything that blocks that power, I'm in trouble. I'm in real trouble. That food is doing push-ups in the parking lot waiting. But what's more important, you know, my job is to be of maximum service each and every day that I possibly can to this God that saved my life. And because I did this work, I got to go spend yesterday afternoon with one of my favorite spiritual teachers. And I got to show up to this place with my presence and my heart, and it was open. And I wasn't in that fear because I did that 10-step turnaround prior to entering. And it's amazing. God just had tests for me yesterday because I had my seat actually right behind this teacher. And when I went uh, back after lunch to go resume and meditate and to be with her, Someone had moved my stuff and put me a row back. And, of course, don't you know where my thoughts were going? But then it's like, thank goodness for this book. You know, we avoid retaliation or argument. We wouldn't treat sick people that way. If we do, we destroy our chance of being helpful. And I got to see her as a sick person. And then I thought, well, maybe she needs to be closer to this lady. So I let her just sit there. And then, don't you know, she turned around and I said, is that Mary? And this was a friend of mine in AA that I had not seen for years. She stopped going to meetings a long time ago. 
And because my heart was open and because I was treating her like the sick person and having love and tolerance and patience, I got to give her my phone number. And who knows, she may very well call me and say, I'd love to go back to a meeting. Can you meet me? So this is how it works. And then later that night, I get a phone call from my sister. And then the initial thing, she just wants to rip my head off. And don't you know, that, that thing rises in me, but then it, it settles back down. It's like, don't, don't go there, Jens. Just meet her with love. And then shortly into the conversation, she told me how she relapsed and how she drank again. This is vital stuff. This is vital work. I have no idea how God's working. But if I'm black, I'm not going to be available and my heart's going to be closed. So I pray each of us to stay in these directions. Thank God we have vision every day. This is my vitamin every morning to hear this over and over and over. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Ginger C. Courtney, I have two minutes. If you could contain it to that. Thank you. Courtney. This is Courtney Bean, Northern California, recovered compulsive over here. You know, when the topic, as we were reading, this song came to mind, sweet forgiveness, sweet, sweet, sweet forgiveness. I would prefer mercy over judgment. That seems to be where it started with me. So that just the idea I read, forgiveness will cure just about anything that ails me. I started looking up songs of forgiveness, poetry on forgiveness, thinking about God's forgiveness, thinking about forgiveness. And I love the way it feels in my body. And it, I looked up forgiveness and just to let go of their throats, let go of my need to get even, to be understood or vindicated, let go of their hurt. And I was able to do that with my sisters after my dad died. He left me in charge and they went ballistic. I sent them a letter. It wasn't my idea. They hate, hate, hated me. And I kept trying to reconnect. And I was praying one time and he said, just give them permission to hate you. Let go of that needing to be vindicated. And once I get that, ah, give them permission to hate me. I didn't feel disturbed. It was okay. So I just love the way forgiveness feels in my body. I like the way forgiveness feels. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Courtney. And thank you to everyone who shared. And um, uh, Reggie and Jackie, uh, we'll hear from you hopefully tomorrow. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Penny, uh, Penny, no, Sherry KB, can you read the 164? Hi, Sherry KB again in Northern California, grateful and covering compulsive reader. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.